going to turn in God's Word this morning to Luke chapter 2, looking at verses 18 to 20. If we have not met before, my name is Jeremy, and as Kevin said, uh, dear friends of theirs from Michigan. He didn't say dear friends. I added that, but he meant it. Dear friends from Michigan, and uh, we love your pastor and his family. God uh, has been very kind to knit us together in this season of life, but also in the gospel. And the same love that we have for the Corley family extends to you, because our love for them is in Christ, and therefore our love for you and your love to us is in Christ. So it is a great privilege and joy to be here and to open God's Word with you. Uh, Our first child was born in Mississippi, and so we love the South generally. Uh, We love Alabama specifically for many reasons. We have family in Alabama, and of course the Corleys are here. And so we sing your praises in the North. We tell anyone who will listen of the goodness of the South, and specifically Southern hospitality. So here's my request to you. Live up to your reputation. Tomorrow from 4 to 7 o'clock, if you could extend this Michigander some Southern hospitality, I would greatly appreciate it. I have zero expectation you will do that. But if you could, that would be music to my ear, specifically tomorrow 4 to 7. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you are more holy than me. And you are one step closer to Jesus than I am. But for the rest of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And live up to your name. Brothers and sisters, Luke chapter 2 is in front of us. And we get to hear from God's word this morning. So let's hear God speak by his authoritative, clear, sufficient, and necessary word to us. Verse 8. In the same region there were shepherds out in the flock, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Let's pray. Father, you are good to us. In many ways. But Father, one way that you are good is you speak to us by your word. And the Spirit works through your word without fail. So with great anticipation, we turn our minds and our hearts to your word that your Spirit might do its work in our life. And so for that, we rejoice in Christ's name. Amen. Now you may be thinking, yeah, Christmas was last week. It's Sunday, December 31. Why are we going backwards? And the reason is this, because this text is not just a Christmas text. 
It is the text that sets the tone and content of your life. And as we turn the page into the year ahead, this is what will distinctly mark all of us out as Christians in our ordinary, regular, mundane, boring, day-to-day reality. And this morning, we're going to see just so simply a sermon looking at four words. Good news, great joy. And if you're an outline type person, my outline this morning is the text. I'm just going to walk through it that simply, and each heading is going to be, here's some really good news to rest in. And if you rest in that good news, out of your life will come an unbelievable, supernatural, great joy that will drive you forward in all situations. So this morning, good news of great joy. Let's begin in verse 8 and see what it says there. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So first, good news, great joy, shepherds. Notice who this message comes to. And this is a point you've heard so often. But it does not begin with the kings in the palaces. It begins with the shepherds in the field, the ordinary, the mundane. Brothers and sisters, that's us. This good news comes to us, to all people. Now hear me, it gets to the kingdoms, it gets to the highest authorities, but it does not need to start there. Why? Because there's a higher and greater authority than anything in this world. I don't know who your local mayor is, I don't even know who your governor is, but I do know that in my town, and there is an authority far superior, and this message is so great, it doesn't need to start there. Because the one who is bringing it is the supreme authority. And he goes, I can start out with little regular shepherds. Hear the text this morning. That is incredible good news. That it's not just for a certain kind of person. It is for all people. And so this good news will bring about great joy to all people. Look at verse 9, how it builds. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. So second, good news of great joy, the angels. You see this majestic reality to the gospel. That the angels in heaven delight to bring this news to bear. God has messengers. And he sends them to bring this message. And what do they say? But glory to God. They're rejoicing. And then notice how it plays out. And they were filled with great fear. Where did Pastor Kevin already start this morning? You don't need to have great fear. Because you're on the other side of this message. But as this first comes, the response of these people is terror, fear, dread, shock, panic. And that's not a wrong response initially to the presence of the messengers of a holy God. That's a good response. And you'll notice the angel doesn't say to them, no, 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 don't worry about that. Don't respond that way. No, 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 that, that's an appropriate response. And yet that's not where we're going to stay in the message of the gospel. But it comes here in this angelic being rejoicing and declaring the message of God. We're going to pick up that mindset. This is supernatural. This is other. But look at how we're not going to stay there. Verse 10. And the angels said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Okay, this is the third idea of good news, great joy. 
in God's presence, you, because of him coming to you, do not need to fear. What did the angel say to Zechariah? Fear not. What does the angel say to Mary? Fear not. What does the angel say here to the shepherds? Fear not. And yet, fear is such an appropriate response. But in Christ, any reason to fear is mitigated. It's brought to end. Because in Christ, you can come into the presence of the Father. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. And then how does it end? Whom shall I fear? Nobody. Why? Because I am now in the Father, and there is no reason to fear. So you want some good news of great joy? All right, this comes to all people. There's a, a supernatural reality behind it in the angels. And in this, I no longer need to fear. It is not a message that's against me. It is a message that is for me. So look at the end of verse 10. And the angels said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. So, so what, what's the fourth idea I want you just to fixate on in the coming year? That you get to behold this good news of great joy. And, and there's your two subsets, right? Good news, great joy. First, good news is now the focus of our life. As a person living in this town at this time, this is what we focus on. The good news, the gospel about the Lord Jesus Christ. But then second, what is now the tone of your life? See, we have all different personalities in this room, right? Some of us are very jovial. Some of us would rather not talk at all. You're much more reserved. Some of us lead with a grumpy edge. Some of us are as sappy as it comes. And you, you know who you are, right? You all got your disposition. And this is not your moment to think about it. Dial back to me right now that you all know your dispositions, right? And the gospel comes to you and says, there's something that overrides that. There's really good news. And if you are resting and living in that good news, it will produce something in all of you, regardless of your natural dispositions. It will bring about in you an unmistakable great joy. And so in the year ahead, we're going to be men and women, boys and girls, who are distinctly about good news and great joy. Now, pause here just for one second. My temptation and yours is to substitute something else for good news. And hear me, it won't bring great joy. Here are just some common things that as Christians, we're going to substitute at first, legalism. We're going to take the good news, instead of resting in what Jesus has done, we're going to turn it into a ladder to climb. We're going to turn it into moral things that we must do. And hear me, there, there are moral changes when you come to Christ. But don't switch the good news about Jesus for the legal things you now need to do. Other ways we can err in this and say, well, I won't be about good news. I'll just be about a vague mysticism. There's a spiritual, there's a divine. I won't get specific about Jesus and what he's done. I'll just stay up here about mystical good deeds. No, no, no don't, don't follow the way of the world. Because if you're just mystically about spirituality, the world will leave you alone. But if you're a man or a woman who gets clear on the good news of what Christ has done, the world's going to have a problem with you. And so you know what you'd be tempted to do? 
can just take a step back. Just, just be vaguely spiritual. Hear me. That will never produce great joy in your life. Or you could trade the good news for activism. I'll be about a cause. I'll be about a mission. I'll be about literacy. And I want to help children read. Or I'll be about uh, malnourishment. And I'll, I'll bring shipping containers to Africa to feed children. Well, yes, be about literacy. Yes, feed somebody. Yes, do that. But don't let a cause or an activism replace the good news about what Jesus has done. Because the only thing that brings great joy is the good news. But some of us, you know what we'll be tempted to do, and I did this for years of my life. I, instead of good news, just became about mastering my Bible, learning the content, knowing the trivia, being the first in the sword drill to find Ezekiel 2, and yay, I won, and look at me, I'm a big deal. By the way, I never won a sword drill. I'm horrible at him. I could never do it. But that was what would get me all excited, the Bible, biblicism. Don't, don't, no, yes, know your Bible. But don't make trivia a replacement for the gospel. Another way we can do this is just the good news becomes nothing more than therapy. I have a need. I have a wound. And I hope Jesus can meet it. Well, okay, I have needs and I have wounds too and so do you. But the Bible primarily is not about your, your specific situation. It's about God's purposes in the world do not make religion just a way to to be therapy or lastly and this is very common instead of good news we'll land on social the church becomes about friendships it becomes about who you know and when your friendships don't work out you'll just find a new church or go do another thing but no we're about good news about jesus because of legalism and mysticism and activism and biblicism and therapism and any kind of social relationships, those things do not produce what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in his gospel. And so this text comes this morning and says, look, at you're going to be a distinct kind of person, verse 10. You are going to be a man or a woman about good news that brings really great joy. Okay, so where does that go then? Well, look at, look at 10b. It finishes off, and this is the next big idea. It says this, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Well, there, there's, the, there's the point, right? This good news of great joy is going to go out to all people. I mean, I don't know how many of us are gathered here this morning, but in Africa alone, there are 600 million Christians gathering today. Latin America, 600 million. Europe, 560 million. Asia, 370 million. In North America alone, 260 million Christians are gathering today. This good news of great joy is not going to stay with me, and it's not going to stay with us. It is going to go so far outside of here, and it's going to bring all that God is calling to himself. This goes to all people. So how does that start in Clanton? It means, and how does this, forget Clanton, how does it start with me? It means this good news is going to go to people who do not, you know, sound like me. It's going to go to people who do not think like me. It's going to go to people who do not look like me. It's going to go to people that stay on the same resources that I have. This good news triumphs over all social distinctions. And that's true in Clanton. The person who is least like you, 
who you would look at and go, I got nothing but strife with that person. If the good news comes to him, it will produce in him great joy. And it will drive him to Jesus. And that person who you would look at right here and go, we got nothing in common, in a moment would not only have things in common with you, they would be your family. Why? Because the same good news that came to you can come to them. And the same good news in you and them produces the same great joy that will knit you together beyond any other secondary thing. And that's why we fixate on what? Not our particular church or not a secondary issue. But we are men and women in the year ahead who spend all of our effort and time and energy fixated on, do you know Jesus? And do you know the good news of what he has done? And have you experienced the great joy of what he has done that it will produce in your life? So look at how it builds then in verse 11. It says, For unto you is born this day in this city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Okay, so so that's not enough. This good news of great joy is going to be built on this idea that he is a Savior. You see it there, this day. It's an actual historical event. In the city of David, fulfilling all the promises of Scripture, a Savior. Do do you delight in that, looking ahead of the year, that, that you have a Savior who is holding you fast, who will not let you go, and that He is Christ. You see it there in the text, the Lord, meaning anointed one. Do you know the joy that you're not the anointed one? I love this. I live in light of this. My family reminds me of this. You are not the anointed one, not even close. Jesus is. Do do you know that the ability to get off of focusing on yourself and to go, do you know the good news of what Christ has accomplished? That he is actually worthy to be Savior, that he has lived a sinless life, that he has suffered a righteous death, and that he substituted on my behalf. He is Christ the Lord. That's really good news. That all of us need to hear that will produce a joy that is unmatched in this world. Fixate on that and rest in it. And watch the joy of the Lord build in your life. So look at verse 12. He's just building this for you. So in verse 12, he continues and says, And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. If you're even remotely sticking with me, number seven, good news, great joy. This is real. It actually happened. You are not believing in a myth. You're not. It's, it's the equivalent of me believing the Big Ten is going to win a national championship. All right? It's like, I, I get it. It could structurally happen. It's not going to happen. It's a myth. You all cheat way too good. So clearly, you're going to win every single year. I get how this works. But many people look at Christianity that way. Y'all are just believing in a myth. No, we're not. This is a real event. You will find a child wrapped in clothes. You're going to actually find the baby. This is the good news. It's historical reality. So many people want to press you on this point. You believe a myth. Listening to a podcast between an atheist and an agnostic recently about Christmas. 
An atheist, one who does not believe in God. An agnostic means someone who does not know if there's a God. They're not against it, but they don't really know. And as I was listening for 50 minutes, this atheist and this agnostic just recently recorded talk about Christmas. And when they got done, they said, look, and even the atheist said this, it is a real historical event. You can go to your first year college professors and you can read things online that Christianity hijacked Christmas. We took pagan ideas and we put Christmas on top of it. And it was interesting to hear the atheist and the atheist talk back and forth going, no, the Christian church landed on March 25 as the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they projected out nine months and landed on December 25. Nine months would be a pregnancy. And they did it about in the 300s. Why did Christians do that? Why did our forebears do that? Because there was the great debate about, is Jesus truly God and truly man? So many Christians were going, no, he's not truly a man. And in about the 300s, the church landed on, no, we cannot bend on that. He is truly God. He's truly man. That's how Scripture describes him. We need to make a bigger deal of this. And around the three to 400s, they said, how do you make a bigger deal about him being truly man? Well, you honor his birthday. You look at his coming. And so we are going to start acknowledging this, and we are going to do it on December 25. It's not because the pagans are celebrating things. They celebrate things all the time. It's because he actually lived, and he actually came, and he's truly God, and he's truly man. So we're going to make a big deal about his incarnation and his actual coming And to hear an atheist and an agnostic go, no, that's attestable. The Roman world knows it happened. You may not like Jesus, but just say you don't want to follow him. Say it's not good news. But don't say it's not true. Because he did come in the flesh, and he did do what he said he did. And to hear them with such honesty go, we we don't follow Jesus. But man, those people who do follow him, they are following one who truly came. And that is the good news of Christmas, that you can believe in it, that you can bank your life on it, because there's a sign for you. Guys, if you go, you will find him, and he will be all that I tell you he is. That is good news of great joy. So look at verse 13. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. And one of the best lines in your Bible, among those with whom he is pleased. Oh, what is this good news of great joy? But this response of heaven. Do you see how the angels respond? I mean, just consider that. The heavenly hosts. You know what that means? All of them. All of the angelic beings are like, we are going to go and we are going to look at this. None of them went, you know what? I mean, I hear what's happening. I get it. Jesus is showing up today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit this one out a little bit. I'm going to wait. I hear he's coming back again. I'll just check it out when he comes back. The second. None of them. Every angelic being was like, this matters. I got to look at this. I got to get up. I got to see this. And what does it say? They rejoice. There's a multitude, and they're praising God. All of God's created beings in heaven are delighting over this good news. So so hear the scriptures this morning. Let this set the tone of your life. Let this be the thing that you rest on, that you fixate on. 
There is good news that the Lord Jesus has come. And look at what it says. Glory to God in the highest, verse 14. And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. What, what did Kevin already say this morning? God has made peace where we have made war. Yeah, I'm quoting you on that. I hope it was you. Because I'm going to quote you for the rest of my life. I'm going to say, Kevin Corley said this. That's going online later today. Because he did in Jesus. This is the good news. Think of anyone who's grumbling to you. They're whining about something. Imagine if patiently, strategically, you listen to their complaints. And you said, you know what, I, I got complaints too. I would love to talk about my wife right now. She is just, whoo boy, has not been a good week. Or on the flip side, I'd love to tell you about my husband. Whoo boy, has not been a good year. Okay, not a good year. And here are some things he's been doing. Imagine if instead, in the year ahead, of going to your flesh, you went, I, I hear you. Yeah, there's a lot of discord in the world, isn't there? You know what grounds me? You know what gives me an unshakable hope in the midst of real strife? That there is good news that brings a great joy because God has brought peace. And while it won't undo that situation, it will reinterpret it for you. And it will cause you to endure in something greater than what's just right in front of your face, your present problems. And it will reinterpret for you what is happening in the cosmos that God has brought good news of great joy because the peace of Christ has finally come. Do you know how weird people are going to think you are? You know what they're going to do? They're going to start avoiding you. And they're going to go complain to somebody else because she's the good news of great joy lady. And every time we go there, well, that's exactly what they need in their life. Less complaining, more good news that brings great joy. So look at how it plays out at the very end. In verses 15 to 20, I just want to highlight three words for you. And in this section, good news of great joy. And listen to this. Verse 18, they, you see it there, wonder. In verse 19, Mary treasured up. And in verse 20, they go back glorifying and praising. Okay, this good news of what Christ has done brings great joy. And before he even does what he's going to do, even before that happens, the shepherds and these people here have wonder, they treasure, and they glorify God. Okay, this gets to be what sets the tone of our life. We are so resting in the accomplished work of Christ that we get to wonder. Now, if you've had a baby recently, you know what people do, right? They come in, and what do they have to say? Oh, your child is so precious. They take a picture. They make you feel good. Oh, it looks just like mom, or it looks just like dad. When your line looks like neither, we don't even know yet. We'll see in 10 years. But you do the all cute baby thing, right? We need less of that and more awe, wonder, amazement, delight. Like, look at what the good news says about Jesus. And that's what they're doing. And then Mary treasures it. She says, this is my greatest value. And then they go glorifying and praising. This content of the gospel will, when wondered 
and treasured produce in you an unshakable joy in the midst of whatever comes your way. This is the kind of people we get to be because God has come to us in Christ. Okay, so if you're sitting there going, okay, that, that's great. I'm not motivated by that yet. Okay, well, one, we got a problem. But number two, let, let me try and get you there. Good news, great joy. So Mary and Joseph, they got their baby. They're celebrating. Think of what Mary and Joseph are experiencing in this moment. They are there beholding, as this child, the very maker of heaven and earth. You want some more good news? They are beholding the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end of everything is there in her lap. They are beholding the Son of God, truly God, truly man, at one time. They are beholding the humble servant. They are beholding the wonderful counselor in whom more wisdom resides than in all the wisdom of the world. They are beholding the good shepherd who will care for his people. They are beholding the prince of peace. They are beholding the very man of sorrows. Now hear me. If you're thinking, that's great for Mary. No, no, you're missing it. Put yourself there right now with me. This child has come to you. What are you beholding? The very lion of the tribe of Judah. You are beholding the one who will slay the dragons of Revelation. You are beholding the only sinless Savior of the world. You are beholding in Christ the resurrection and the life. You are beholding the very Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You are beholding the sinner's, ready, friend. The one who will not push the sinner away, but say, come to me because you need me. You are beholding the final prophet who speaks on behalf of God to you. You are beholding the great and high priest who will stand in the gap and bring you to God. You are holding the final and greatest king of kings. 2024 has an election year in it. You're going to need the reality that Jesus is the king of kings. You are beholding with Mary that he is the great I am, the Lord of lords, and the way, the truth, and the life in one child at one time. There is no greater news that will ever come to you in your life than that reality. So hear me, don't talk about your pastor. Don't talk about your church. Don't talk about your music. Don't talk about your programs. Although those things are wonderful and I love them. And if we lived here, we'd be at this church. But before you could ever talk about that, what are you going to be about? The good news of Christ. Mary right here is taking hold of this child. And what does she have? But the child who on our behalf will take hold of the law and conquer every bit of it. He will take hold of God's wrath and he will satisfy it perfectly. He will look at death and he will grab hold of it and he will say, Death, you have no more claim. He will look at sin and say, You are true and yet I bring you to an end through my perfect obedience. 
He will look at the world and he will conquer all of it now and he will conquer it again in his second coming. And this little baby who Mary takes hold of, this same Jesus will take hold of you. Why? Because all that the Father gives to him, he will lose none of them. And here he is, this little infant, truly God, truly man, born in a truly real time to save a real people. And Christmas is that good news come to us. And when you rest in that and make much of that, what happens? But you're united to Christ. And a great and unshakable joy will come into your life. And the beauty of it, it won't just stay with you. But it will flow out first in this place to these people as it goes out to all people for the fame and sake of his name. Brothers and sisters, we get to distinctly be people of good news, of great joy. Let's be those people to the praise of his name. Let's pray. Father, you are kind to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, you are good to us because it is your nature. You cannot not be good. It's who you are. And so on this, the end of this year, we rejoice that as we look ahead, you are unshakable. You are unchangeable. And you are the rock upon which we get to build our lives. And so, Father, we want this to be the content and the very tone of our lives. Lord, may people hear and see of the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ, of all that he has accomplished. And Lord, may they hear it and see it with a tone that is unmistakable. There they go again. There are those Christians, those people of an unmatched great joy. And Father, as we live in light of that, may it be to the praise of your name. And all God's people say. Amen. Let's stand and sing.